Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Philadelphia, and it is the Out of Sight Podcast. I am your host, Adil Royster. Chill ride, chill vibes as always. Uh, it is the Out of Sight Podcast, a Vox Media podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> and today on the pod, we got Sean Kennedy on, and we're going to talk about the NBA Finals. We're going to talk about the Bucks and exercising patience. And then he talked about Brad Beal saying he wanted to basically Beal wants to come to Philadelphia if a trade is available. Uh, Sean, how you feeling being a part of this Vox media conglomerate? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 feel, I feel like we need to explain why this is funny to us. Um, so so uh, the, our, our, our friends at the gastroenteritis blues podcast uh, had, had some like significant reporting on on the recent episode with uh, Jake Fisher about uh, the te- about Ben Simmons and the team not being in contact since the season ended, so right. and listen to that podcast too. That's <laughs> that's kind of important. Yes, it's it's a good episode, um, and a little a little more more newsworthy than their usual. Uh, they're they're usually a little more humor slanted, but this they had a <laughs> they had Jake on breaking some news, um, but yeah, definitely give that a listen, and of course all the aggregators out there were uh you know reporting the report and none, none of them wanted to say the gastroenteritis blues podcast say the name <laughs> so so we, we we heard every variation of a liberty ballers pod uh liberty ballers podcast network and uh our favorite was a vox media podcast which, <laughs> <laughs> if, if you don't know vox media is the umbrella corporation that owns SB nation and we are an SB nation affiliate blog. Um, so it's like saying you're going to chase bank. Yeah. In, <laughs> instead saying like you're going to an FDIC insured bank <laughs> or something <laughs> like it's so far removed, uh, like in the specious genus conversation that, uh, it's, it's hilarious. And but, listen, shout out Vox media. We love you. We love everybody <laughs> in Vox media, but come on. My, my direct deposit says Vox media every month. That's so fine. I'm I got sure. no beef with Vox. I media. got no beef with Vox media whatsoever, <laughs> but for the rest of y'all say the name, we know how, yeah. we know how ridiculous it is to say the gastroenteritis blues or to write it down we yes. understand that but you know what it's fun it's fun for us so what the yeah. hell yeah all right so anyway so uh, I, that is that aside i i am uh, i'm glad to be on the out of sight podcast you and, are uh, you are guest number 50 actually very nice so uh uh so let's just start there how did you enjoy the nba finals and Giannis dropping a 50 piece <laughs> on a 
Phoenix in game six. Yeah, the 50-piece nugget. Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, it was, I mean, it was in a highly entertaining finals. Uh, so I, I enjoyed watching it a lot. Uh, the first... It, it was it was funny how the first three games it was two one, but every one of the games had been a double digit margin of victory. Yeah. So, but everyone was like throwing out these not everyone, but you know the the talking head types were were throwing around the worst finals error, uh, worst finals er- ever kind of kind of narratives and like putting the Stop polls it. up. And it's like, first of all, it's two one, so it's it's competitive. You're, we don't know who's going to win the finals. Like so far home teams have held serve right um but Phoenix and, is good at home milwaukee is good at home like yeah. what, <laughs> there's so, that and, there's that old phrase where it's like it's never it's not a series until the home team loses exactly um and you know even though they were double digit margins early on like there was still entertaining basketball being played yes like, uh the, both teams were, were very fun to watch they had you know interesting styles uh there's some contrasting matchups that were fun to examine um and then as the series progressed and you know milwaukee started taking control but we had great games like the uh, i believe it was game five where the last three minutes were just absolutely ridiculous and that game that's five the one... is some of the best nba finals <laughs> basketball i've seen in a long time yes and ending with the lob from from drew to Giannis amazing again again need to point out his knee bent backwards 90 (laughs) degrees the wrong way two weeks prior to that yeah like we we came in to the finals not really knowing like oh is he going to be available if if he is like is he going to be a shell of himself or is he just trying to push through it to you know because it's the finals and that's what he feels he needs to do but he's out there like putting up historically great numbers in the finals. He had two of the most iconic plays in playoff history with both the lob and uh, his block on DeAndre Ayton. The game oh, the prior. chase down block. Good like, Lord. Uh, just an absolutely all time incredible performance from him. And yeah, the fact that he came in and we weren't really hundred percent certain of his health status, just remarkable by Giannis. He, he deserves all the accolades that have been thrown his way. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just a great, a great finals to watch. I mean, if, if you're a basketball fan, I don't know how you would have been disappointed with that. Shout out to the quote unquote, small markets of Milwaukee and Phoenix <laughs> for putting on a, an epic NBA finals this year. Yeah. If, those those but, crowds in Milwaukee were those were crowds in Milwaukee see. are nuts. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and the ones outside too when they're the they're ones showing, outside like the, what i don't know what they they called it but their version of the uh like deer park i think it is yeah deer park or whatever and there was just like hundreds of thousands of people all crowded together and then you see a screenshot and there's like one porta potty in the middle of the crowd and you're like <laughs> prayers up for that porta potty <laughs> shout out to that porta potty doing the lord's work out there yeah. in milwaukee like yeah so <laughs> The whenever people talk about small market, quote unquote, like that's that's all relative. There's still plenty of people that are hugely enthusiastic about basketball in each of these areas, and and they showed out in a big way. It was it was good to see. Real quick, uh, when if the Sixers win the NBA Finals, uh, what Sixers most likely to do uh, the driving through the drive-through ordering a 50 piece is joel the obvious answer yeah i mean he, he would finally he'd have the the championship so he could be like all right i don't need to do the i'm staying an arm's length away from social media anymore i think it would just be like 
vintage Joel trolling everyone. Yes. He'd be like, hey, here's here's my Shirley Temple with my 50 piece. I, I who cares about diet? I'm gonna take a break from the diet and everything and just go balls to the wall. Um, yeah, it would have to be Joel. I mean, it's the obvious answer, but I don't think there is another one. I mean, I would thoroughly enjoy Matisse videos. I will say that. <laughs> Matisse would be like the he'd he'd have like this uh SB worthy documentary he would put together afterwards. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how how much of it would be just the uh like the laugh the laughable stuff that we would all uh see on TikTok or Instagram or wherever. I, I feel like he'd have a really well curated vlog that would come out. Matisse would make us both <laughs> laugh and cry at the same time. Yes. He'd be he'd be the Wes Anderson of the NBA <laughs> Uh speaking of such feelings did you have some any kind of feeling of like living vicariously through Drew Holiday at all? I mean, after all, he his trade kind of kicked off the process. So kind of that's more or less what I was rooting for the most in the NBA finals, aside from, you know, six or seven great games. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't think that was quite m my feelings on it. I mean, I, I still root for Drew from from afar and I'm obviously very happy he won not only is he a former Sixer, but he's just one of the great human beings in, in the NBA dude. world. Like he, he does him and his wife, uh, both do a ton of charitable endeavors. Um, he, when his, uh, his wife had the, the cancer scare, like right. he was by her side. You could just tell he's such a devoted husband and family man. Like, so you're just happy whenever you see a person like that succeed in life. Um, so yeah, you add that to the fact that he's a former Sixer and, you know, drafted by the team and made the all-star team in Philadelphia. Like you obviously have a lot of good feelings for him, but, but that was like still a long, it was a while ago. Like I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't going in like, Hey, we got to win this one for drew. <laughs> um, I, I would think before he got injured, I was also like, Oh, it'd be really fun for Dario to get a ring. Like he'd be the first like true process core guy right. to, to get it, to get a ring. <laughs> uh, unfortunately he, he suffered the ACL injury in game one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was just rooting for good basketball on either side. I, I, I didn't have the, I'd like to see Milwaukee win this kind of kind of feeling. But, you know, I'm very happy that Drew won and he he had the strip and the pass to Giannis. So he's a big part of that iconic NBA playoff moment. Um, so good for him. I'm, I'm super happy for him. The Milwaukee Bucks, as you wrote in your column, exercised a lot of patience. They didn't go after the big star just because he was the big star they got drew holiday they got pj tucker they still they had chris middleton on the roster and you know say what you want about him but it has been said in some circles not necessarily mine that he's he's just a he's an overqualified second banana i mean not to say that he could be like the number one on a championship team but milwaukee to their credit they just kept going and plugging in where they felt they needed to plug in with guys like PJ Tucker, for example. Um, you see Brooklyn doing it their way, and it's like Milwaukee just said, no, we're not doing it that way. And Giannis as well, I'm not winning a ring that way. Like, it, it makes me feel good as a Sixers fan that we are still exercising, you know, little bits of patience here and there. Yeah, um, so I, I, I wrote that column last week. And I don't, I don't feel I clearly 
put my stance forward because there seemed to be some confusion um, from from the commenters and stuff. So right. yes, yes, the organization does need to show some patience. But as I pointed out, and people remarked upon, like they also kind of made all-in moves with the with the Drew Holiday trade, where they gave up a ton of draft assets um, to bring Drew in, and they also made like a win now, what you would consider a win now trade to get PJ Tucker, because they they gave away draft assets for a guy on expiring, because that's what you have to do if you if you really are all in for a championship push. But right. you know they also they also exhibited patience and they tried they stuck with Bud, for example. Um, yeah. <laughs> when a lot of people were, were calling for him to be get, be gone. Um, and shout out to the guy. Of, you mean 75% of the city of Milwaukee? <laughs> yes. Shout out to the guy at the championship parade who still, <laughs> still held up him. the fire bud sign. <laughs> oh, um, the guy, the guy you, just, he just coached you to a title, but you want to fire him still? Like, we love you, Milwaukee fans. You guys are the best. <laughs> that was classic. Um, but yeah, and and like Giannis exhibited patience by, by sticking with, with the franchise. And as, as you just pointed out, he, he said he didn't want to do it any other way. Like he'd rather win one by, by staying and, and doing it with his guys than win potentially multiple by going and joining some sort of super team or whatever. Um, so yes, all those things, there was patience on behalf of the organization to a degree and, and Giannis for, for staying put and not forcing his way out. But it was also and I, this is the part I don't feel like I I put forth as clearly as I might have liked, like just on the behalf of the fan base. Right. Because yes, you get the superstar player. And in the Bucks case, it was Giannis for the Sixers. It's Embiid um, who just came off an MVP runner up season. So I don't, I think you're being willfully ignorant if you don't consider him the kind of number one option that could win a title. Um, but then you look at like best players of, this and the previous generation, Michael Jordan took seven years to win his first title. Uh, LeBron took nine years to win his first title. Giannis just did an eight. So as a fan base, yes, it's frustrating when the Sixers have been having these disappointing playoff exits these past few years, but we're still only entering Embiid's sixth full NBA season right. next season. And that that is including his two years missed due to injury. But I, I think that's still a factor. He wasn't getting... NBA reps or court time. So like legitimately he's going into his only sixth full NBA season. So we just mentioned the other three previous finals MVPs. I don't want to call Giannis an all-time great yet, but LeBron and MJ are both definitely all-time greats. They're on the Rushmore's of the sport. So it's just, it still took them that long to, to reach the highest level of team success. So Embiid still has a little bit of a window before you should really start entering that panic mode. And I think that's all I wanted to say is that there's still time, like just because the team didn't get it done the past few years, like they might've liked, and this year is particularly frustrating because it looked like the path was there. Like the window isn't shut and, and just kind of keep the faith. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't be hoping that Daryl makes improvements to the roster. And that doesn't mean improvements to the roster don't need to be made, but just kind of just pull people back from the ledge a little bit and just, and just right. realize that th- there's still time and uh, there's things can still go all right for the, for the MB era. Wait, did you just try to convince people to come in from the ledge <laughs> or, living, or the Ben Franklin li- bridge living, wherever living in Philadelphia? Like, are you, I know it's hard. I'm sorry. Are you new here? <laughs> Yes, okay. it, it, it is Negadelphia, so I, I realize it's very hard. 
let me elaborate a little bit more on this MB talk. I mean, he's only 27. He's he's a UFA in 2023 that offseason. And he's got the Supermax extension that's coming whenever it happens. So it sounds like you feel the Sixers don't need to win before the 2023 offseason. It sounds that way to me. That's kind of where you're getting at. I'm just saying it's not inconceivable that the title could come after that. And I, I realize it's a little bit different with Embiid because he's a big man and he has an injury history. So people feel like his the the prime window for him might be a little shorter than it would be with, with a guard or a wing or whatever. Um, and, and given his injury history and everything. So that's all fair. And I feel like that's a necessary caveat to mention when you're discussing Embiid's prime. But I, I just feel like just because they haven't won it yet, I, I don't think that people should be at as down on Sixers basketball as they are right now. We also haven't seen any team that runs their offense through the big man on the prefaces of an NBA finals birth in a while, even with Anthony Davis in new Orleans, like the, the Pelicans were never really that close until they brought in DeMarcus cousins to pair with them. And even then they were still having to go through Houston and golden state and those teams out there, like out in the East, there's no real big men to really, get in Embiid's way or anything like that. So, yeah, I, I feel like the rushing or the saying that we can't waste Embiid's prime. Personally, I think his prime is a little bit elongated based on the fact that, you know, he's in the Eastern Conference. And with the exception of Giannis, there's not a whole lot of real big bangers down there, like putting up like 30 and 15, making Embiid work on both ends. Yeah, plus there's the fact that he did a tremendous job improving his outside shot this past season. So as he ages, he just shot 37% from three right. th this past year. And uh, I'm just trying to scroll through to find his playoff numbers. But as he ages in his career, like that's going to translate. And I, I can only imagine he would continue to improve in that area. He was about around 40% in the playoffs. So you got a, a seven footer who... Yeah, he might lose a little bit of mobility or whatever as he ages, but if he's a seven-footer that can shoot 38 to 40% from three, like that's still going to play for for a few more years as in his post-prime window. So, yeah, it's just generational talents, just like him just don't come around very often. So I don't expect anyone to crop up in the East or you know, anywhere else that is really going to be on his level at the position. Right. It, Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. 
And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I, I, think, I think people are over... I think people are overblowing the situation just a little bit. Like, I, the Sixers were right there this year they're still right there uh i picked milwaukee at the beginning of the season but i knew that the sixers had a legitimate chance and i agree that the the road was literally right there injured washington team and an atlanta a young atlanta hawks team that was just playing on house money and they just caught us you know that stuff like that happens and uh yeah just to circle back to the, the patience thing real quick, like an, an example of the organization not having patience would have been ceding to w- whatever crazy offer Toronto wanted to get Lowry in. Yes. Like if they had given up Maxi and Thibel and the pick for, for to bring in Lowry, like would they have been a slightly better team with Lowry? Sure. But they also would have lost some depth and we saw how valuable that depth was in the playoffs when Danny Green went down and suddenly they're starting Corkmoss. And if you had also traded Thibel away to bring in Lowry, like who who would be the wing defender besides besides Ben if if Danny goes down? Like, yeah. You just wouldn't have had anyone available. Um so in in a vacuum, people might have said, oh that's a great move. Like look how great the the starting group is now that we brought in Kyle. Uh but then, you know, something happens like Danny gets injured and suddenly you don't have any depth and we could be in the same position we are now, but we don't have Maxi and Thibel for the future. And um, even and even with Lowry, even with Lowry on the team, somehow Doc Rivers would do like still <laughs> Tobias and all bench lineups that would just frustrate the hell out of us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that that was an example of Daryl. You know, he made a few all in-ish moves. Um you know, he went after George Hill and traded a pick away to do that. Um, but he also still kept an eye toward the future and didn't give up the the barn for uh, an expiring Kyle Lowry. Now we get to this offseason and we're entering yet another phase of the Sixers organizational construct. Uh, it, it's got more phases than the damn Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point. <laughs> I'm does, getting, yeah, we're, I'm getting we're, a little, we're probably around phase five. There, I'm getting a little four. confused, a little frustrated. <laughs> I don't know who's in the front office anymore, aside from Daryl Morey. Like, is is there anybody? Elton's still in the Elton's front still office. still there. Okay, yeah. all, right. all right. So that's two. That's two. <laughs> um, I will say, and I definitely agree with you that Daryl was really smart and not saying, okay, you know, I'm just going to do this Kyle Lowry trade and just see what happens because. A thousand percent. I've no no slight on Elton, but a thousand percent Elton would have just done that. Yeah, I the the evidence from the Tobias trade suggests he might have. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Given his the couple big 
moves he made, it did seem like he overpaid in each instance. And now we've got Daryl Morey in the front office, and I still can't believe that we have Daryl Morey in the front office. I have to smack myself daily when I read stuff on Liberty Ballers that says president of basketball operations for the Sixers, Daryl Morey. I still have to pinch myself a little bit. Uh I think I've been more confident going into an offseason as far as like what the team needs and the person guiding the shit to get there. I cannot think of a more confident time for this team right now that I felt in between roster construction and the person doing the constructing. It's it's a good feeling. Yeah, you you have the guy who has widely been considered among the handful of best general managers in the league over the past decade. And it's, it's <laughs> funny how we just kind of like don't talk enough about the fact that he came to Philadelphia last offseason. It completely came out of nowhere. Like, nowhere. And, you know, he didn't have the full offseason last year to to do his all his Daryl things. Um, it was a very weird <laughs> all situation. His, all his number crunching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, we we're in the middle of the pandemic. It was a truncated off season. He came in at the tail end of it to mm-hmm. join to join the Philadelphia organization. So now he has a nor- more normalish off season. It's still shorter than most years because the the season ended later than it normally would. But it's there's actually going to be a summer league, and there's the draft is has some time before and after it. It's not guys getting drafted and two weeks later, they're playing in NBA exhibition games. Um, so it's definitely a much more normal offseason than it was last year. So yeah, you have to be excited about having Daryl with time at his disposal to, right. to go out and make moves and, and do what he needs to do to improve the roster. Now the counter to that would be the Ben Simmons situation and all signs point to these parties parting ways, but you've lost basically all your leverage because every a everyone knows that Ben Simmons's time in Philadelphia is basically up. Yeah. And be, and also he is coming off a couple games in the Atlanta series, which probably put his value at an all time low. As probably far as the his... worst <laughs> playoff series of Ben's short career. Yeah. And there, there had been some, poor ones in the past like he doesn't have a great history of of performing at his best in whatever playoff round the Sixers have been eliminated in the past few years so you got a guy who his values at a at a low for him but still you know incredibly talented player and most teams in the league would be thrilled to have him on board but also they they know that the Sixers have very limited leverage in this situation. So it's not a, it's not a great situation for Daryl to navigate right now, but you feel confident that he's at least a guy that can get it done. With normal off seasons, there's always going to be, you know, names getting thrown around. Uh, personally, I'm, I'm over Dame Lillard, especially if it's like, he, he basically said he didn't want to be traded out of Portland. So I, I take him at his word for now. Uh, but you, wrote about Brad Beal saying that he would be down to come to Philly. Uh, He also listed Boston, Golden State, and Miami. And let's be, let me just ask this. Can either of those teams really realistically offer better than Ben plus Matisse or Maxi and picks? 
Well, Boston could offer Jalen, but why they would that they wouldn't do that? It wouldn't make sense. They'd be it basically be a lateral move for them. It's one for one swap. Yeah. So aside from that, I'm not sure what they could do. Um, So so I would say no in that case. Uh, Miami, (laughs) every every like Hooper on NBA Twitter feels like Miami has this hero and Duncan Robinson sign in trade package that every other team in the league should like be salivating over. But Miami has no picks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They don't have picks. And like, I got a newsflash for you hero and Duncan Robinson, while, you know, by valuable players to have on a roster are not getting you a star. They're, they're not, not getting, getting you Bradley Beal. They're, they're not, not getting, getting you Bradley Beal. They're not, they're not even getting you Brandon Ingram. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so those if, if that's what Miami has to offer, they're not going to be in these star level conversations. Um, and then Golden State, I they have the Wiseman and their two top 14 picks to offer. If yeah. that's potentially something that other teams, like a Washington might want to take a look at because if they, want, if they wanted to go full rebuild, getting last year's number two overall pick and two picks in the top 14 this year, that's not a bad place to start. That's true. It, objectively i'd rather have been i think from a value standpoint that would be a better place to be to get to get a guy who was a defensive player of the year runner-up and already has an all-star game under his belt and is still um pre-prime and a and a young player um but you know and i, I think golden, you can, i think you can make an argument for golden state if, would golden state it, have to throw wiggins in too to make the contracts work yeah i believe that they would um, yeah so it's it's not a I'm just saying it's not a terrible like you, there's less outrageous <laughs> rumors that have been floated out there, um, but you know I still don't think that's enough to get a Bradley Beal. So I feel like the Sixers are definitely in the best positioned um, because no one else is offering a young All Star in return for for these stars like Damon and Bradley Beal that are on the market. Yeah, let's um, just let's just re let's just recap. Multi-time All-Star, defensive player of the year runner up and all NBA defender. And oh by the way, he's under 26 years old. Yeah, it's it's still a really you good know return. What you're, even, you even, know what you're getting when you trade for Ben Simmons. Yeah, which is good and bad because we, well, yeah. we just, as we said you're coming <laughs> off the of playoffs. And you know, you know, you're getting also means that uh, you're getting a guy who who won't dunk on Trey Young with the game on the line. Um, oh, but... <laughs> that, hurts. that hurts, Sean. <laughs> but but as I uh, I said in that article, Washington, if they were going to go full rebuild, they might be in a position where they didn't really want Ben because that might win them. Ben's an excellent regular season player. Uh, he would win them a handful of games in the regular season where if they're going full rebuild, they might not want to. So maybe realistically uh, a better option might be for a three team where somebody like Minnesota, who really has shown an interest in, in bringing Ben on board would get Ben Sixers would get Beal. And then uh, Washington would get a bushel of draft assets from Minnesota and young players. Um, you probably throw Maxi into a deal like that. So it, there's definitely a, a framework for something to get done. Um, if Beal was to really push his way out of Washington, you, you could definitely see how these parties would fit. I do have a, I do have a fake Beal tree, but I'm going to hold that until after this point. 
Um, let's say that Lillard does come back around. I don't know before the season starts, whatever it says. All right. Yeah, I'm done. I'm out of Portland. Uh, which would you prefer? Beal's youth is UFA in 2023 or Lillard's control because he's not a UFA until 2025. Yeah, I mean, in a vacuum, I take Lillard. He's he's a better player. I think his shooting ability and his his gravity to like aside from Steph Curry, no one no one shoots as efficiently from near the logo as Dame does in the league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that that really opens up your offense and you can start running those high pick and rolls and just that'll create so much space for for everybody else on the floor. Um Beal Beal's an incredible like tough shot maker where he you can give him the ball and you can feel pretty confident that he's one of the better guys in the league to to score with somebody on him from 18 feet away with you know 4 seconds left on the shot clock like he'll get a bucket when you need it. Exactly. So um, to to say I want Lillard over Beal isn't to discount what an incredible player Beal is, and if if he's the guy who is available between the two, you do what you have to do to get Beal. You don't not go after Beal because Dame might hypothetically be available at, at a later date. Um, but I I think Lillard's the better outside shooter. I think he would do more to open up the offense than having Beal on um, on board who you know, is a, is a good shooter, but I, th- I think as far as like three point shooting and as a catch and shoot guy, he's, he's only like average to slightly above league average in those areas. Whereas, whereas Lillard's just like top five outside shooter in the league. Um, as far as stretching the floor, creating, creating space for others, the gravity he brings to the table. Um, I just think all of those things would, uh, I would lean towards getting Lillard. Um, but, you know, we're, we don't live in a world where both those guys are available and you get the pick. So you, right. you, you take the guy you, you can potentially get. Okay, here's, here's, my, here's my fake Beal deal. And yeah, just print those t-shirts right now. The, <laughs> the Beal deal, just print those t-shirts. Yep. Um, so Philly would get Brad Beal and Ricky Rubio from Minnesota. Just hold hold your applause or your disdain until the <laughs> until the entire trade is done. Unfortunately, uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the uh, Olympic version of Ricky Rubio. It would not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Washington gets Maxley, Maxie, Malik Beasley, Culver, and a bevy of picks from both Philadelphia and Minnesota, and then Minnesota gets Simmons. Like that, it's a rough framework. Don't get me wrong; it's it's a rough framework. Yeah, I, I, that's basically kind of what i outlined is very similar to what you just said like the sixers would be giving up simmons and maxi in exchange for beal so from a value standpoint i think that's reasonably fair i tried to Um, do everything possible to keep matisse out of the trade because i him in the second unit and another all nba defender i can't give that up i'm sorry yeah I, i i agree if if you're trading away simmons this offseason i don't see how you can trade away matisse because he would automatically slot in as your defender of opposing team's best perimeter guy. Um, and we don't even know if Danny Green's coming back. Like he's a free agent. So right. if, if Ben is traded away and Danny doesn't come back, like you absolutely need Matisse on the wings. Like there's, there's nothing else behind him. Um, so yeah, I think as much as we love Maxi, if it has to be 
a young guy also being shipped out in a bench rate, I think it has to be Maxi over Matisse. I, I do like the fact that the Rubio Beal Thibel kind of starting in the starting lineup and moving Seth to the bench. I actually like Seth Curry a lot better as a like second unit guy coming off the bench. So I don't I don't know how you feel about Rubio as the starting point guard, but at the same time, if you're trading Ben Simmons away, you have to have a point guard. And yeah. I feel like Ricky Rubio is not the worst choice. No, especially if you you bring in a guy like Beal who will be the primary shot maker creator. Um, Rubio would be the distributor and guy to set up the offense. Um, you wouldn't need him to be the score 18 points a game point guard because you have Beal to carry the scoring load and obviously right. Embiid, Embiid and Toby in, um, in the front court. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think that'd be a, a very worthwhile addition to, to any deal. Um, like, I'm, I, I think Rubio is, is a guy that can still help a contender down the line. And he's only, it's only a one, he is an expiring free agent. So he's, his contract would be up at the end of next season anyway. So you're, you're already trading for Bradley Beal and you're already losing some uh, draft capital with Maxi and all the picks that you have to give up and you're giving up Simmons. So like Beal and Rubio has a return, even if it's a one year rental of Rubio, but you get Beal in the deal and yeah, that works. I, I stamp it. Stamp it right now. <laughs> Daryl, I'll do that trade today. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I think anything where you get Beal in return, you, you would do as if if it's just Simmons and Maxi and you, you're not getting crazy having to offer up anything else of value. I think you just uh, Beal alone would be would be fine in my book. Minnesota obviously is would be thrilled to have Simmons on board. Um I, I think it, it all depends on what Washington how much they value Beal, like what kind of leverage they have if if he's truly like forcing his way out or if it's just kind of a lukewarm, hey, I'd like you to make improvements to the team uh, because I haven't taken a hard look at, at what Minnesota's trapped assets would be, but whether that plus Maxi and their young guys that aren't their that aren't Anthony Edwards, yeah. like they're, 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 they're tertiary young guys. I don't know if that really moves the needle for Washington, but um, I, I guess it would be how how highly they viewed the future draft assets um, that would be coming in from Minnesota to to supplement like Maxi as the as the young player headliner. My my apologies to our colleague Kevin Rice. I, I tried to get Ish Smith in the deal, but he's, <laughs> he's a UFA, so they would have to sign him out right, unfortunately. And Kevin, I love you, but only you are trying to sign and trade for Ish Smith. <laughs> well, the Sixers can just sign Ish. They they can use the mid level and 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 bring him back to be the backup point after Simmons gets traded. Well, Ish is worth way more than the <laughs> mid level exception. We all know that. <laughs> uh, Sean, always a pleasure having you. Thank you for being my fiftieth guest. Um, it's always a pleasure. Um, yeah, what do you got going on? Tell people how they can find you and locate you and talk to you and send nourishing things to you. They, they can talk about how the Sixers don't need to be patient and yes. they should be all in immediately. And yeah, I'm all those, all those emails, all those tweets <laughs> go to Sean, folks. Yes. Yeah. You can find me at Philly Fast Break on Twitter. Um, the Talking About podcast, which I co-host with Dan Olinger. Um, we record every Thursday, comes out on Friday mornings. That's on the Liberty Ballers podcast network, which is also a Vox Media <laughs> 
<laughs> pod. And uh, yeah, um, I'm still putting stuff up from time to time on libertyballers.com, which is a Vox Media website. So yeah, <laughs> find is, my stuff there. This is, this is going to be such a running <laughs> gag and I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. Yes, it's, yeah, you know, shout out to Vox. Let let those direct deposits keep coming in. Yeah, I'm, got, I'm okay. No I'm okay beefs. if they get the shout out every. No beef from from Vox Media. <laughs> I don't want any smoke from Vox Media at all. Just no. We love you guys. That's all we have to say. <laughs> Always good talking to you, Sean. I'll talk to you next time I can, buddy. All right. Thanks for having me. On. <laughs>